0: Hello my name is David Turner and this is another episode of Lunar Poetry Shorts I'm in Camberwell in South London and today I'm joined by Michy Marath Hello Michy You right. Yeah good Actually um, as much as this podcast was never supposed to be a vanity project I did sort of start doing these to get to chat to uh, my poetry mates Of which Michy is one unashamedly So we're going to start first with a couple of poems and then get to the questions
1: all right straight into it best thing about this podcast i got to say by the way because i didn't listen to them until david told me about them this will be a wonderful one not because i'm in it but to have two people dropping their h's bloody marvelous <laughs> but anyway um for those of you who don't know me um i don't drink anymore um i'm not going to go into detail but i've been sober for 13 years and the two i'm going to include in this segment are about drinking and this one i wrote on a bus i wrote a lot of my stuff on a bus because Well, it's easy to write, buses or trains. And this one's called Unclean. Moving toward the back of the upper deck. Mistake. I can see it's empty, but haven't seen why. My nose tells me though. Old boy, dirty clothes, unwashed, battered trainers with holes in. Once upon a time, that was me just over a decade ago. Except I was a lot younger, though my body was as old as that chap is right now. This very moment, I am not thinking, what a pen and ink, ever wash, or simply damn right rude, you smelly cunt. No, I am not judging, but in contemplation, rather than indignation, simply grateful that the drunk on the bus is no longer me. Cheers, Mishy. Do you want to go straight into the second one? Yeah. The second one's one I wrote very recently, and um, it's football relax, so I'm a big football fan, you'll get bored of this by the time this is over, put out the support. The greatest football team in the world, Dolly Jamlet, good local side, I've supported them all my life. 41 years I've been supporting them, man and boy. <laughs> anyway, this one's about Paul Gascoigne, and as you know, oh, you'll be aware, a couple of weeks ago he was on the telly apparently, and everyone was saying how well he looked, even though he was still drinking. And this, this one's called Gazza." So you've been on the telly, excusing your drinking binge. From one alcoholic to another, I hope this doesn't sound like a whinge. Well, it's not okay to relapse, to binge drink and say everything's fine. Just because it's behind your closed doors when you guzzle back the wine. Somehow you've got to pull yourself together. Who are you trying to fool? Those drinking binges will kill you. I hope that doesn't sound cruel. You can't go around making excuses, claiming a bit of this or that is okay. Until you accept you must stop totally, you'll be be found lying dead one day. And it's going to be sooner rather than later if you carry on the way you are. Alcoholism makes no allowances for the fact you're a former football star. I think, despite their mock concern, the Red Tops want you to do a Georgie best. Reams of towels of crocodile tears, even before your later rest. I hope you overcome your demons, but that's got to come from within. So please stop making excuses and dump all your bottles in the bin.
0: Cheers, machine. Um, yeah, so we'll move on to the first questions now, and as always, um, why poetry?
1: My poetry. It's a bit long winded sort of no, yeah, right, I right. do have done four <laughs> people. And there was a dull Jamlet connection. Like many uh, not everyone, a bit of stereotype, but like many South London boys. Grew up in council estates. I wasn't the best behavior when I was a teenager. Um, some might say right, annoying little shit, horrible <laughs> bastard. It's down to interpretation. I'm sure you know the story. Subjective, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um I messed about at school. I left school at sixteen. I had no qualifications. A couple of what were they called? Not um, the one below O level, CSEs, which were basically like O levels for fit hmm. kids or kids that didn't or didn't behave. And my only O level was English language. Okay. It's the only subject I enjoyed, and not I was ever the most articulate. You can guess, but my English teacher was really good. I got on really well with my English teacher, Mr. Power, wherever he's now. I know he's been brown bread for years, but. He taught me at school to have a little love of poetry, and I like writing, writing poetry in my mid to late teens. And then I just stopped, didn't give it another thought. And about, uh, so I'm thinking in my head now, January, beginning of January in 2013, there's a scheme at Dulwich Hamlet called The Twelfth Man, and it's about supporters donating funds, ring fence to help the playing budget. It was quite new, and at the time we had a right dodgy owner at the football club. And one long-standing fan came up to me in the pub and he said, off the record between me and him, he said, look, he's coming to a little bit of money and he had £500 to spare, a one-off. And he asked about the people who won The 12th Man, was it kosher? And he trusted me to say... So I reassured him on that. Then we we're talking in the pub for ages. So I told you it was a bit long-winded. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> right. Anyway, and he said, somehow he said, he like, I should write, well, he loved reading my stuff and the old fanzines and all that and somewhere mentioned that he he writes poetry and i said i sort of fuck me i ain't done that since i was a teenager and he just said you know we'll try it he said just try and write one a day of that he said that might be too difficult he said but just do it and enjoy it and i showed him a few and he encouraged me and that was in january 2013 and in about september 2013 i discovered um open mics and i went to um Niall's one, which the name is Poetry Poetry Unplugged. And it sort of went on from there. And I don't pretend to be any good at poetry, or I don't know nothing about poetry. But it's something that I enjoy, and it's something I've carried on doing. And apparently, people like some of the stuff I read, some they don't, but I enjoy it, and that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah. And uh, as you... I was going to reference something, something there but it's going to seem like a, a private in-joke but like you know we of, often talk about how you know you, you, don't, you don't have any sort of artistic background you know you can, like you just explained you came to poetry like that but I was going to ask you what your influences are as a writer and performer and you might say fuck all but if, you, if that's the answer then that's the answer but um,
1: um yes and no I mean I won't say influences because um I don't know anything about poetry I mean, you've got a catchphrase which you put in um, Lunar Poetry and um, you've mentioned it. Um, is it, I fucking hate poetry? You've got a T-shirt. Poetry. Yeah, yeah. And to me, um, I don't know if you remember the... Um, who was it? Um, Alan Bennett, who did The History Boys. Yeah. And in the film, there's one of the kids in there and he there was some throwaway line in the classroom which has always stuck with me. And he, he was asked what history was. And he said, well, it's just... Well, sir, it's just one fucking thing after another. And that's all I know about poetry. It's just one fucking word after another. Yeah. I don't know rules and regulations. Mm-hmm. My influence in poetry is actually, I don't know, just real life, which brings up, i just write down, either I see a story in the paper or something that's happened in the real life, something I've seen, football, whatever. It's...
0: Yeah, a lot of your stuff actually, when when see you open mics, a lot of your stuff does reference what might have been in the news that week or, you know, current affairs and stuff. And you, yeah, you definitely do tend to take your influences more from what's around round about you rather than what you, you know.
1: I think it's, well, again, I'm just, I, I try not to generalise, I've got, obviously talking about me, yeah. but I think it's very much a working class thing and we're scared of poetry because mm. it was all when you were at school a lot of it you, you, well, everyone read Wilfred Owen and then there's all that oh I wandered lonely as a cloud and well, what's all that bollocks about yeah. but it can be interesting and you're just writing and it, I think as well what a lot of mine rhymes a lot and I don't mean to make it rhyme but I think that's what you naturally assume poetry must rhyme but there are no rules as I say
0: no no there are no, no rules but if that's your if that's the way you're comfortable with writing then you know it's there's no problem.
1: And before writing. anyone asks, cause the people do ask me this, like a mate of mine, he's just I'm quite proud actually, a mate of mine called Tony, who's just moved to Gillingham, and um, he started writing poetry himself and put a few on his Facebook, yep. and they are really good, but I'm, I'm trying to persuade him to find an open mic, but yeah. he ain't got the bottle for that mm-hmm. yet. But If an idiot like me can, he can. Yeah. But um, I hold my hands up, if you want to call it cheating, I cheat with poetry, because i uh, when I'm stuck, I use a rhyming dictionary. Oh, that gives me mean, ideas. I don't think that's cheating. I think you're just
0: being honest. You're not cheating. <laughs> I mean, that, that sort of thing goes on all the time. I say that sort of thing. I think it's a normal thing to do, and it's a natural thing to do. Um, we're going to move on to another couple of questions. We'll have some poems first, if we can, Mish.
1: Uh, well, what have I got next? So you might hear some paper rustling, So I didn't chuck the other one down. <laughs> um, these two are uh, football, they'll say football, to be Dully Jam, but um, I do like watching other football. And I'm everyone assumes when you're a football fan that oh, did you see the game on the telly? Mm. No, nah, mate, got no interest, and I think I'm weird. I know nothing about professional football, not that I've got no interest in it. I see the names in the papers, but for me, I want to be at a game, watch a game. Um, fresh out of my price bracket, really. I
0: mean,
1: yeah, yeah, I always. So am I rambling a bit, no, but no, no, I my one of the things I always say with the way modern football's changed is like um, at the old seater stadiums, and when you stand up and people say sit down, sit down, and I my catchphrase turn around and say fuck off. You want to sit down? Go to the opera. <laughs> but then you actually think about it: going to your Arsenal's, your Chelsea's, it costs more to watch the football match now than yeah. it does to go to the opera. Yeah, yeah. Who would have ever thought that? It's crazy. No, it's
0: crazy. You are sort of sat down and forced to watch football like being at the cinema now. Yes, I've so sanitised. It. Yeah, it's just, there it may as well be a screen in front of you. you know.
1: Absolute nonsense. And actually, you talk about screens. You, people pay now to watch games on a screen at a game when they can't get tickets or when their team's playing abroad. Yeah. What's all that about? But anyway, <laughs> sorry. <I'm, laughs> this one's called Post-Match Chill. And I wrote this after an away game last season. And a few Dulwich friends. they didn't have Sky in the, in the bar, at the ground we mm. was at. And so we all went off to a local boozer to watch it. After a couple of them got a soft spot for the gooners and it was uh, Arsenal Man United. And this one's called Post-Match Chill. I'm in a pub full of Dulwich fans and I'm really bored to tears. We're here to watch the football and knock back a few beers. Well, all apart from me, got to stick to soft drink. I don't need alcohol for my buzz. I've got my boys in blue and pink. For my hero's Dulwich Hamlet, I've just won at Arrowborough, doing it so Professionally, 3-1 being rather thorough. It's always nice to socialise, a group of us in the pub. But truth be told, I don't watch telly football and therein lies the rub. I popped out to the local shop, bought my lottery to fuel the dream. Just because I love my football, things aren't what they seem. If I was rich, I'd dip into top flight, but not on my current wage. I'm not totally against the premiership, but high costs make me rage. It's Arsenal against Man United, I dread to think the price. If I could get to a live game, I wouldn't need to think twice. Watching this match on the telly it's not the same as being there. No glam- no matter the glamour of the Premier League, if it's on the box, I don't care. You think you're oh so loyal as you sit there nursing your half. Without any dream of going to the ground, you're really having a laugh. Content to sit on the sofa down your local boozer. Never in a hundred years a football fan, you're such a fake football loser. You've never known the magic of the tourist, bouncing as one up and down, as you spout your pub talk nonsense, articulating like a clown. I'd rather watch local county league down at the nearest park, than get worked up by televised fantasy, where the contrast couldn't be more stark. Give me the honest graph of non-league over millionaire prima donnas any day. Seeing it live on the box, can't compare with Harrow Barrett away. So I'll sit here chilling out writing this poem, rather than watch this armchair caper. Warming to the contemplation, of the report in some of his non-league paper. <laughs> Jesus,
0: Mish.
1: And that was actually um, I actually wrote that one in a pub while all my way were where I'm watching yeah, yeah, Sally. Yeah. And I obviously I'm sitting in the corner, not yeah, realising what I'm doing. Okay, yeah. And there's one of one of our lads, Ben, and um, he's looked over and gone, oh look, Mish is doing a poem. <laughs> and I was so fucking embarrassed. But <laughs> there go. I didn't mean it in a bad way, but it was very embarrassing. Yeah. And this one's also football related. Um, I'm also, I suppose I would not say political, but I'm not what I call. I don't label myself, but I'm a lefty, yeah. whatever that means. And this one's called colourblind. And if you remember during the general election campaign, David Cameron was going on about multiculturalism, and one of his quotes was, "You can support Man United, the Windies, and Team GB all at the same time." Of course, I'd rather you supported West Ham. Now he's <laughs> actually, for those who don't know, he's an Aston Villa fan, supposedly. The only connection between those two is they wear the same colours. And this one's about that, and it's called Colourblind. It's well known we don't trust politicians, always lying about their facts. But if you're from the terraces, this one stopped you in your tracks. For this was a schoolboy error that no fan should ever commit. There's absolutely no excuses, even if you know the colour of the kit. As if it didn't matter, such an easy thing to do. Not recalling who you support, but knowing it was claret and blue. Doesn't matter you're Aston Villa but slip up and think we're stand. Well, ask those who stood on the terraces, see if they give a damn. Remember those things called terraces, fans penned in a cage. Politicians wouldn't go near football, it wasn't a vote-winning stage. Those of us who went to a match, we were the scum of the earth, lowest of the low in society, as you gave us a wide berth. Bring back national service, hang them and flog them, you said in a rage, leaving decent law-abiding scousers to die at Hillsborough in a cage. We were all labelled hooligans, total scum with Nazi links, so different from those respectable Bullington boys who smashed up restaurants for their high jinks. Now that football's fashionable, you pretend you're like a common fan, not that you mix with the great unwashed, safe up in your executive stand. You only claim to be Aston Villa as your uncle was the main director. Maybe that explains how easily you became a West Ham defector. The best thing about your colours was the posh claret you drank. And never having to buy a ticket, was your chairman baronet uncle being the one to thank. You might think your mistake was nothing shameful, a simple slip of the tongue. A bit of a fuss over nothing, like your politicians taking the bung. But for proper football fans, you're now a laughing stock. Equal to your record at number 10, you are a total cock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, too so true, too so true, actually. Um So you... You touched on a bit earlier about like starting and reading for the first time at Poetry Unplugged and that, and how I don't know, it sort of sounded like it was a bit embarrassing to sort of admit in public you were writing poetry and then coming along to read it. But how did you, how did you feel like you were received? Like, how was the reception by other people at the nights?
1: Um, to be honest, because you concentrate so much, yeah. and if you get a ripple of applause. You think, oh, it's all right, you know, and poetry, poetry crowds are very polite, which is good. Yeah. It may be not so good if they think you're shit, but politely clap. But I've, I've done a couple of poems at different places, and sometimes it's been stone dead, and I think I've hit a raw nerve for whatever reason. And I think, oh, I think, it's, oh shit, that, don't, that didn't go down too well. I might not read that one again, but I don't lose sleep over it. But generally, people have been quite supportive. Um, they keep on using words like oh, you're very honest or you're different and i, d- I don't know was, no, I, I don't know it's just yeah. it's just words to me
0: I'm, i wanted to talk about that actually because um we spoke about it briefly the other night and i'm glad you brought it up so that it didn't seem like me forcing an opinion <laughs> opinion on you but did, do you, i i sometimes because i've had it a bit as well i mean i sort of seem a bit more like an arty fucking wanker sometimes when i'm doing my stuff so i get accepted a bit more but
1: well, you got it, the movement; you just yeah, don't got
0: the yeah, accent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you, I find it a bit patronising sometimes. Those words like about being honest, and you know, and sometimes it feels like you or I or other poets, maybe like Chip Grimm and stuff, are the token working class poets, and it makes the other lot if we put them in that section feel a bit better about the night they're running. Do you know what I
1: mean? Um. I wouldn't, because really, I don't really want to upset anyone. No, no, I don't that mean it I mean, in a rude way.
0: I just mean it's sort yeah, of like, and it I, might even be unintentional. You
1: know. Turning it round, even before I've heard someone read, if they got a working class accent, I'm sort of like, my heart's going, thump thump yeah, thump. Yeah. Oh yes, they're one of us. Yeah. Which is, I suppose, somewhere in reverse. I mm. don't know, but I think sometimes actually, um, if I'm railing or ranting about posh people or gentrification, in one or two of mine. Some people think, oh that was very funny, but I don't realise I'm actually might be taking not them personally, but yeah. them generally. Yeah, yeah. Taking the piss out of them themselves and they don't always get that and I find that extremely funny.
0: Yeah.
1: But Yeah
0: I, the point's often missed, isn't it? With stuff I
1: think it. so. Yeah. But for me, um people either like me or they don't at the end of the day. So some people are very patronising. I mean there was one person that came up to me once and um and he said something along the lines of well, I don't really like football, but having heard your poetry, I'd love to get to a game. And I said, "Oh, cheers, mate. But there's nothing I've ever heard more wanky in my life. But, you know, if I enjoyed it, that's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. But for me, um, I've got this awful expression. I'm now used to writing poetry and being a poet. Mm. I don't know whether I'm a good one, a bad one. You know, I'm just it's just a hobby for me. Yeah. Um, but for the first few months when I was reading, because... Believe it or not, I find it quite difficult to talk to people if I don't know them. Yeah. And um, so eventually you get to know the faces on the on the open mic circuit. And there's one poet who's very you've had him on here. Uh, I've got a lot of respect for Sean Mykung. Yeah. And he, he was very polite and friendly. And um, I had this awful phrase which he kept on picking up me on. And I said, I kept saying, "Yeah, I'm not a proper poet like you." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I still occasionally use the mm. proper parrot thing, but...
0: I think you've stopped saying that as much. I you think I've used really, to say it a lot. Yeah. I th- and I
1: think that is very much a working-class defence mechanism. Mm. People like me ain't supposed to do parody, Yeah. but why not? Yeah, yeah,
0: no, absolutely. Do you... And do you feel like you're starting to fit in... or Sorry, not... not Because I don't think you there was ever a time where you didn't fit in. But do you, in your mind now, do you feel like you're a bit more part of the especially the open mic scene, you feel like you're a bit more part of that or, or I mean, have you just gotten used to it maybe?
1: I mean, uh, I've got used to it, but I don't need to feel part of it. Yeah. it was, I can approach people and chat to them and I, know, I now I now know when the majority of people are saying, oh, that was quite good, I enjoyed that. They generally mean it and I've got used to the fact, like it or not, and I do like it really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a poet. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely, yeah. And it was... Um, no, it's not because obviously we've known each other for a little... I mean, I, I think we met at an open mic probably the first or second that I did. You know, I hadn't been... No, doing, I didn't Well, though, I, thought
1: I, you. Yeah. were super. That was the um, one in yeah, Spoken Word yeah. London. That's right.
0: And so I've known you as long as anyone else I've known on the on the circuit, as it were. And uh, no, it's nice that you're... The first time you said that you accepted you were a poet, for better or worse, it was a nice thing because it's you are really good at what you do. And it's just nice that you feel more so that you feel part of something rather than, it doesn't matter whether you're any good or not you know, if you're enjoying what you're doing you know, I happen to think you're a really good poet and so a lot of other people, but there'll be equally as many people who don't like your stuff, because that's life you know, but as long as I'm just interested to know this is what I always ask people, if you ever felt like you didn't fit in at the beginning but now do, you know, is that a realisation that it was a problem in your own head rather than through anyone else's actions, you know
1: Um, maybe one or two Mm. of other people's attitudes, but I think you'll get that in life generally. But I think I'm stumbling there, but I think it does go back to the fact that I have very little self-confidence, but then since I've been reading poetry, um, I am much more confident. And if I bore you with, I've just thought something football related, There's another club called Hitchin Town. Um, they used to play us many... They was in the same league as Dulwich for many years up until the 1990s, and non-league was reorganised. And they moved over to the Southern League, which is another league, same as the Isthmian League, mm. but different part, same level, different, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was a geographical reorganisation. Anyway, so we never played them anymore. But um, <clears throat> earlier this season, or last season as it is now, there was a threat to their ground from some local... Cowboy charity that owns it. We basically wanted to asset strip and make millions. And there was a big local campaign in Hitchin. And I went up there mm. as a Dulwich fan, and me with two other Dulwich fans from our supporters trust. I, I was there as an individual representing our club, and they were there representing the supporters trust. And I spoke out in favor. You know, obviously giving yeah. a bit of more support. And I didn't realize it, but they were clapping. In, and I went down really well. And I'm not saying that because I did, It just, yeah. but what I'm, the point I'm making is, Looking back with hindsight, I would never have been brave enough to give that speech or whatever if I hadn't got the experience of um, reading at poetry nights. So it's not just about poetry; it's about improving your life and you know making you more confident. And finding
0: a way to communicate, isn't it? You know, sort uh, of. I mean, yeah, yeah. people would say I do that anyway. Yeah.
1: But what I portray publicly is maybe not what I feel yeah. inside. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing about poetry, is that um not only do I enjoy doing it but it's also for lack of a better word it can be very therapeutic and if it clears my head a bit for whatever reason I'm not going to give incidents or whatever it doesn't matter because there's so many different ones but if I'm feeling down and I write a poetry I feel better Mm. you know so
0: Um, so on that note maybe we could take a is it it just one more poem to finish?
1: I've just got two small ones at the end two small ones that's it is is that a subtle I'm taking too much time no 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 go on Um, I'm said about falling down and all this, so I'm going to finish with two lovely morbid ones. Um, this one I wrote after there was um, a in on LBC about support from some bishops on assisted dying. And um, this is called When the Time is Right. As time creaks on, I start to fear what will happen when the end is near. There's nothing wrong with me yet, no need to panic. I'm not going crazy from my normal to manic. But when I die, I want it to be quick. Scared of suffering, terminally sick. If that ever happens, I don't want to linger. Time to go with the flick of a finger. Is it too much to ask to turn off a switch? A painless death without a hitch. I don't want to suffer right to the end. Give me the option of a man's best friend. One last last farewell, a time to say goodbye. Small prick of the needle, a bit of a cry. At the moment you can only do this if you're comfortable or rich. Flying off to Switzerland when pain's too much of a bitch. Poor people like me have only the nearest bridge. If you want to die with dignity, then sleep in a mortuary fridge. You preach God's will, saying your prayer. Watching me dosed up with morphine as if you really care. Pumping my body with a multitude of drugs. Prolonging my suffering from white-coated thugs. You warn me of Harold Shipman stalking the ward. Or just let me take my chances and die of my own accord. And this last one is one, it's quite a topical one I suppose. Um, it's about when Charles Kennedy died a few weeks ago and it's called Another One Bites the Dust. And it's about people's reaction to death and how people were so nice to him. So this one's called Another One Bites the Dust. I hope when I drop dead, you're honest about who I am. I'll be the one who's brown bread so you won't be able to give a damn. If you're the one who never liked me, don't pretend that you did. Just say it like it really was when they nailed down my coffin lid. I don't want a ton of plaudits like for all that Charles Kennedy chap. If you must say it how it was, none of that make out you respect me crap. Because if you're someone who I don't like, I'm not going to pretend to cry. And truth, I will be smiling when it's your turn to die. It's not that I didn't like Kennedy, but bottom line was he's one of them. Even though he seemed a decent bloke, at heart he was still a lib dem. Yes, he died far too young and had a drink problem like me. But it's not as if I'm celebrating, more indifferent than full of glee. He was a politician from the telly. I didn't share his views. In fact, the only thing I'm sorry about was that it was him and not Simon Hughes.
0: (laughs) Cheers, Mishy. So, last question as always. Is there anything you would recommend to people listening to go out and see or watch or do? And it doesn't have to be anything to do with poetry. Well,
1: I'll give two answers to that. The first one is the most obvious. If you love football, there's a local non-league team in South London called Jamlet. Hamlet, London. The pre-season starting in a couple of weeks, first games Wednesday the 8th of July, home to Peterborough. Have a look on the website. Even if you don't love football, you'll love Dulwich Hamlet. And that's my wonderful plug out of the way. <laughs> so I couldn't resist that. Yeah. But the other thing is, this isn't aimed at um, people in the poetry world. Well, you know, I've just thought of one, actually. So there's gonna be two points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One is, I love open mics. I've been going everywhere. Being able to say what you like. But when you look for your venues and your one silence on bound the a tongue isn't one of them, because that's a good one. Could we find somewhere that's got affordable bar prices, mm. whether they're alcoholic or not? Because it can get a bit expensive and you feel obliged to support the yeah. bar. Just I, a little I, hint I, there. Agree. We ain't all rich. I, I agree
0: there, completely.
1: Yeah. But anyway, um, this one is aimed at People like my mate Tony from Gillingham, people like my mate Darren, who's just moved back to the London area. Darren's a mate of mine. I know he's been to Poetry Nights when he lived in Northampton, but he's never read. I was trying to get him to read a paper time the other night, okay, but yeah. he bottled it. If you work in class and you write poems, there's nothing bad about it. And if an idiot like me can read poems, it's nothing special. Just read from the heart and write. It's something there to enjoy. We're not supposed to enjoy it. That's my cliche. Mm. But do it, and you can become a proper poet like me.
0: Yeah, I think it's important for people to remember if you go to an open mic thing, you don't get judged. They're not... On, the, the, the audience it's not, not like, like a active. comedy not no, no, like no. no, You don't get heckled no. or booed. And people are really supportive, especially if it's your first couple of nights and stuff. You know And... You won't, you don't get ripped to shit. I know. mean, in fact, at
1: any poetry night you go to, or the vast majority, if you haven't been to that particular night before, or even if you've been to others, or you haven't, and it's your first time reading, you get extra support, because you always mention, oh, tonight yeah. we've got a poetry virgin, yeah, and yeah. people are even more supportive. Yes, yeah. And they don't expect you to be like some top poetry star, like it's at the festival all. Mm. They will you know, just welcome you.
0: Yeah. I think that's it. We'll put the link to Dulwich under the video on YouTube. So if you want to, you to click on that and go and have a look at them. Um, yeah, cheers, Machine. No Thanks problem. very much. Uh, yeah, that's it.